Amala, are you okay? Why are you crying? No, I'm not okay. I keep going on the internet and seeing just like the worst people ever making podcasts. They just like turn on their microphones and start talking about breaking stories and stuff. It's really devastating, Taylor. The horror, the call. You are such a victim, you poor thing. I know. Anyways, guys, welcome to Unapologetic Live. A podcast. A podcast. (laughs) A podcast where we talk about breaking news stories. I hope you all are having a fantastic Tuesday, is it? Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm lost on the days, uh, you know, around this time of year. So many things going on. Today we have a breaking news story that's coming out of Washington Post with a journalist, and I put the journalist in air quotes for those of you listening on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, which you guys watching on YouTube and Facebook can do as well. Uh, I call, I say journalist in air quotes because we know this person is not a journalist. There's no journalistic integrity virtually anywhere in the United States anymore. And this Washington Post story that we're about to get into is a complete and utter chef's kiss, magnifique example of exactly what we've been saying for so long. So let's break it down. You guys all know the Twitter account libs of TikTok. I love the Twitter account libs of TikTok. Taylor loves the Twitter account libs of TikTok. It's great. We've used it on the show. We used it on Will and Amla Live quite a bit. And essentially, this is a Twitter account that does nothing more than go on TikTok, find leftists who are making maybe outlandish videos or teachers talking about the indoctrination that they're doing in schools. And then they take those videos and they post it on Twitter and they go, hey, look at this leftist who's saying these things and posted it publicly. And essentially, they amplify those TikToks to a conservative audience. Okay, big whoop, big deal. So crazy. The thing that's getting people upset about this, particularly on the progressive side, is that Libs of TikTok, the runner of this account, who happens to be a woman, remains anonymous, has not put out her name, workplace, anything like that, her face in any way, shape or form, and has been known to go to interviews and just do interviews over the phone, talking about the stuff that she finds on the internet instead of exposing who she is, where she works, where she lives, or any personal uh, identity markers or things like that. Now, a a journalist at Washington Post by the name of Taylor Lorenz apparently was not happy about that and decided to go into this full-scale investigation of who is behind libs of TikTok. We must find out who this person is. It's giving me mad Bridgerton vibes, like we're trying to find out who Lady Whistledown is, (laughs) even though it's not that deep. It really is not that dramatic. All she's doing is taking TikToks and posting them on Twitter. So she's really not the Lady Whistledown of Twitter, but apparently that's what Taylor Lorenz thought she was. So this started out today, this breaking story, uh, with Washington Post putting out an article. And we'll get to that and what the article says and the information that it has in it. But Christina Pachow on Twitter posted this. Uh, She got an email saying, Hi, Christina, I'm a tech reporter at Washington Post. We are running a story exposing the woman behind the lips of TikTok account. Our story mentions your many interactions with the account and praise of it. If you'd like to offer comment, please let me know within the next hour and you can give me a ring on blank, you know, if you prefer Taylor Lorenz. So clearly Taylor, not our Taylor, but this Taylor has been doing a deep dive into who is running this libs of TikTok account. And it all came to fruition in this big article that was put out by Washington Post today. The title of the article being meet the woman behind the libs of TikTok account, secretly fueling uh, the rights outrage. And she's accusing libs of TikTok of being this massive platform that does nothing more than spout anti-LGBTQ2A plus BX uh, propaganda. 
And it goes as far as to say that in many ways, the libs of TikTok account is inciting violence, encouraging people to be violent or harass people who are members of the LGBTQ community, to harass these people who are in the TikToks, which by no means does libs of TikTok on the Twitter ever say that you should go and harass these people or do anything to them. All they're doing is taking videos that people have already made and posted publicly and then reposting them on Twitter. What a horrific uh, act of, of human rights violation to do that, to post a, a video that somebody has already made public on your own Twitter. Just amazing. So. How did Taylor Lorenz get this information? Well, apparently a lot of this could be found through doing some digging uh, on previous Twitter accounts that the Libs of TikTok woman owned under a different name and it subsequently changed. But Taylor went as far as to go and visit the relatives of Libs of TikTok. Here's a picture of Taylor outside their house trying to get information for who this woman is. I'm not going to mention the woman's name who runs this Twitter account because that's not what this woman wanted. She wanted to run the Twitter account anonymously. And if you guys see it at any point on the screen, so be it. Uh, it's out there and people are talking about it. So it might pop up uh, just through virtue of discussing this and being on Twitter during this time. But yeah, Taylor went to relatives houses of lives of tiktok and was trying to find this information to put in this article we even saw taylor go as far as harassing people now here is a dm that taylor sent hi blank i'm just following up here you've been mentioned as an administrator of the lips of tiktok account on twitter and i need to turn my story in today is that your account please let me know asap because you're being implicated as starting a hate campaign against lgbtq people if you're unaffiliated with this account i want to be sure to set the record straight in the story if it is your account i'd love to speak to you about it. I'm on blank, blah, blah. You can reach out to me if you'd like to. Imagine that. Imagine reaching out to somebody and go, hey, I just want to know if you're behind this Twitter account that you want to be anonymous uh, on, but I'm just going to let you know that if you don't tell me what your affiliation is, I'm going to accuse you of starting a hate campaign against X group of people. I'm going to call you a bigot, a discriminator, a Nazi, a fascist, if you don't tell me what your affiliation is. And if you are affiliated gonna call you that anyway. So I just figured I would let you know, give you a little bit of warning here before I go and do this. So you and, have one hour to respond. Right. <laughs> you have one hour to respond. <laughs> let me know ASAP. I have to turn the paper in this morning. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that's not as bad as the story gets because you might recognize the name Taylor Lorenz for her many interviews on the subject matter of journalism and specifically doxing. Here's the young lady talking about people who decide to dox others and put out their information. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating. And terrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. Terrifying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's really hard. It's really hard to see people running podcasts. You know, I. it feels really isolating for me to turn on YouTube and watch people streaming. That's essentially what's being said here. She's actively doing exactly what she is crying about. Although, you know, I might pull a LeBron James and say this was a lemonhead cry because I was unconvinced by the performance in this particular article and I, uh, in this particular video. And 
I think this video was taken maybe two or three weeks ago, which means if that is the case, she was working on the doxing article while doing this interview, while crying about this information being put out. Online harassment is just such a serious issue. If you don't deny this within an hour, you're going to be implicated in anti-LGBT <laughs> propaganda. It's just the worst, guys. Online harassment is just too much. It's, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't make this stuff up. And in case you're like, ah, whatever, I'm unconvinced by that. She just said this thing. Here's another video of Taylor saying the exact same thing. Sorry, Taylor, you're getting a lot of slander today. Not doing my name a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> not a lot of good today. No, this is certainly not the let's go Brandon for the Brandon name. This is the uh, just disgusting doxer Taylor <clears throat> for, for your... For your moniker. I'm going to have to change my name. You're going to have to legally change your name. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the Karen of today's and day and age. Online, online harassment is such a, is such a, it's such a misnomer. Um, I think it's a huge problem because, um, you know, harassment is is a, is is a, it's a tool to silence people, especially women and people of color. People <laughs> <laughs> what is, so what were you using it as when you made this article? Because you just defined it as a tool to silence people. So, okay, I'm just going to go assume based on your own words that that's exactly what you were trying to do to Libs of TikTok and going, oh, it's especially used against women and people of color. Libs of TikTok is a woman. So sexist, trying to silence dissent. You're very censorial, if you ask me, for, for a journalist for Washington Post who's supposed to have integrity. Let's keep watching. From marginalized um, identities for speaking out. And it there's a very intentional like goal behind it. It's it's obviously it's death threats and all of that and rape threats on the daily and it's not just Twitter. It's like every single surface, right? Like, you know, my cell phone number getting out there, people calling, people Ugh, harassing God. my family members, stalking me. Like all of that is could you imagine? Could you imagine going to the lengths of trying to find out where somebody lives, getting their cell phone number, their name, where they work, and then putting that out on the internet in order to garner death threats and incite violence against them? Disgusting. Which, you know, I'm, I'm glad that these videos exist because now Taylor, hashtag not all Taylors is what I'm seeing in the chat, <laughs> hashtag not all Taylors, Taylor here does not get to use, the, you know, feign ignorance on this. She doesn't get to say, well, well, I didn't know what I was doing when I posted that stuff. I didn't know it would incite violence. You clearly did. Like, girl, you got several interviews of you saying doxing people incites violence, leads to stamping out dissent and silencing people and makes people send death threats and advocate for violence against that person. And then you turn the corner and then you do it yourself. Let's keep watching. There's more. But wait, there's more. Incredibly terrifying and invasive. Um, and it's bled out into the physical world too, which is even ter more terrifying, right? Yeah. But uh, to me, I think what, what especially the media needs to understand about this is in terms of protecting <laughs> their own reporters is this is just a tool. Like harassment is a tool to kind of discredit and silence journalists and the right-wing media plays along with it right you mentioned tucker carlson oh my gosh it's like it's just talk about not aging well whatsoever talk about self-owning talk about shooting yourself in the foot putting your own foot in your mouth any single phrase that you can put for how much she has just owned herself in her own interviews Put that out there. If you guys can think of more, put them in the comments down below because I'm running low on just all of the ways in which this is so ridiculous. And to go specifically for media outlets, when you work for nationally syndicated Washington Post and you, it's it's honestly one of the 
it probably is the most extreme form of doxing that you could possibly subject somebody to. This is not just some anon person on Twitter going, hey, by the way, I found out that Tucker Carlson lives here because I saw him walking down the street with a bag from Walmart or something like that. This is a national publication that millions of people read and look at, and you, a young journalist, putting that information in that publication and going, yeah, publish it, post it for everybody to see. Yeah, and it's not just that she put it in the article. It's that the way that that information was ascertained was by her herself. She went on the streets, went to this person's house, hired people to go and dig, dig deep into her Twitter history and find uh, the website that the libs of TikTok, the person who ran it, bought to discover her name and all this stuff. Like, she's the reason that this information has been brought to the light. But in her article, she even wrote, like, the house was visited, used the passive voice to try to minimize the fact that it was actually her right. that went there and was delivered. Liberally doxing people and like the family members who lived on TikTok uh, sent her a picture of Taylor Lorenz right outside her door with her mask on outside, by the way. Um, yeah. But going to their doorstep of to harass the family and the same thing that she's complaining about. Yes. A, a person close to the situation visiting the house. <laughs> A person who looks an awful lot like me visited the house and inquired this information about... A brilliant reporter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a brilliant and gorgeous and beautiful reporter went and visited this house. Who maintained proper social distancing at all times and kept the mask <laughs> above the nose and mouth. Right. Oh, my gosh. And if you... Okay, we had one, two, but thrice she's talked about doxing. Here's her tweet from April of this year. And I'm saying that this is not long ago at all. She says, I know you're joking, but doxing, stalking, trying to hurt and smear people's loved ones, threatening them, it's not okay in any situation. People on here who constantly stoke these politicized outrage campaigns want to dismiss it, but it shouldn't be dismissed. It has real consequences. But what are the consequences for Taylor? Hashtag not all Taylors. What are the consequences for Taylor? Because I'm not seeing anything. And we're going to look at her Twitter account uh, briefly while we're talking about this to show how she's just simply defending herself, even though you have all these records of you saying the exact opposite. How you work in journalism is beyond me when you have which it's a job that requires or should require. Let's say it requires a distinct amount of objectivity, honesty and integrity and is just completely and utterly lacking in this country right now. But what does The Washington Post have to say about this? Because. They're the publication that put it out. They're the ones who allowed her to dox this woman who's just simply running a Twitter account. And they're the ones who should be held accountable in some way, shape, or form because they represent the upper structure of this hierarchy that allowed this to happen. This, I will pull up on Twitter, is what the Washington Post had to say about Taylor Lorenz and what she has done here with this article. The Washington Post writes, Taylor Lorenz is an accomplished and diligent journalist whose reporting methods comport entirely with the Washington Post's professional standards. And it says the name, I'm not going to read it, in her management of the Libs of TikTok Twitter account and in media interviews has had a significant impact on public discourse and her identity has become public knowledge on social media. We did not publish or link to any details about her personal life. And this is Cameron Barr, the senior managing editor for The Washington Post. Now, there's a few things that we should talk about in this statement. Uh, entirely with professional standards. 
questionable because professionally you shouldn't contradict yourself in an interview that you do two weeks prior to doxing somebody in an article. So are we really upholding professional standards? Well, they do say the professional standards of the Washington Post, which looking at the Washington Post and some of the articles that they put out, yeah, maybe that is consistent with their professional standards. They get an F, an F in professional standards, but so long as you're consistent in utterly failing to put out actual news and actual media, I'll, I guess I'll clap for you on your consistency. And at the end of this, they said, we did not publish or link to any details about her personal life. Lie, 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 lie. Tomato, 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 boo. They did. So here's an actual screenshot of the Washington Post and what they put about the woman who runs Libs of TikTok. An account in search of a voice and a big break from Joe Rogan. Her name has been working as a real estate salesperson in Brooklyn when in early November 2020, she created the account that would eventually become Libs of TikTok. So not only did they write that she's working as a real estate person in Brooklyn, they actually linked to her private work details and address. And this was luckily screenshotted and posted by Tim Poole, who got the evidence of this happening. And now Washington Post is saying, well, we didn't post any personal information whatsoever. Imagine that. Imagine being somebody who is on Twitter and an account that's particularly polarizing, not because you're doing anything wrong, but just because the climate of today's day and age and you make an active effort to remain anonymous. You do so on your Twitter. You do so on your other social media platforms. You do so in all of your interviews and somebody decides to expose you. What other intent could they have other than inciting violence against you, getting people to send death threats to you and getting people to know where you are so that they can attack you in some way, shape or form? What other goal is there? to doxing. Because if somebody can point out some sort of positive methodology behind why you would put somebody's address, full name, where they work, and all of those details in an article for all of the world to see, I'm listening with open ears because I can't think of another reason why somebody would do that. And neither can Taylor Lorenz, apparently, judged on her prior interviews and the prior things that she's written. She can't find a positive reason for doxing somebody. Can you, Taylor? Positive reason for doxing someone? Yeah, absolutely not. Let's like you know, you're you're only Batman's enemies want to take off his mask. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love the Batman reference because I just watched The Dark Knight and I did not like it at all. <laughs> Which is a side note. Maybe I'll make a video about that. I like the Joker; he was great, and I liked uh, Harvey Dent. But you're gonna watch the new one tonight, though, and, t- and then I we're am. gonna debate which one was yes, better. Yes, and we will talk about it. And if I see anything woke in it, I will tell you guys. I will tell you. Now let's go and take a look at the Twitter account of Taylor Lorenz, because as you can imagine, she's getting a lot of heat today. And you could also imagine that she might respond to some of that heat. So here's what she put out. At Libs of TikTok has become a powerful cross-platform social media influencer, spreading anti-LGBTQ sentiments and fueling the right-wing media's outrage machine. She wrote about it in this account. And, you know, here's her linking to that specific article. She goes on to defend exactly what she's done, saying that libs of TikTok is anti-gay, that, and essentially, I guess that just makes it okay for people to attack you and to put out your information. Apparently, that's the logic there. Now, she's retweeted some other people who have jumped in this conversation, one saying, libs of TikTok creates targets in a violent culture war against LGBTQ people, some of whom have already have been harassed out of their jobs. When Taylor Lorenz critics make this conversation about doxing, they're failing to apply the same standard to 
the woman who runs libs of TikTok. Okay, <laughs> let's compare these two things. A person who is actively trying to remain anonymous on their Twitter account, like the woman who runs Libs of TikTok, to teachers who are actively taking videos of themselves saying, look, I'm indoctrinating children and here's how I do it. And here's my classroom. Also, here's my name. Also, here's the school that I work at. And I love shouting this leftist stuff. And if they fire me, I'll just go and do it at another school. That's what's in the content of these videos. So. All that that woman does is finds those videos on TikToks of these teachers and leftists exposing themselves and goes download, tweet. That's it. So to sort of conflate that with exposing people and doing her own form of doxing is a completely illegitimate argument because they are exposing themselves, putting out their own personal information and making those videos publicly. If anything, Libs of TikTok is helping to get the message of leftism and progressivism out to people because Libs of TikTok will take a TikTok that has virtually no views and suddenly people are seeing it. And isn't that what the progressives want? Don't they want their ideology to be seen and heard by everyone and even conformed to by everyone? So I'm, I'm failing to see the wrongdoing on the part of this Twitter account and why somebody like Taylor Lorenz would want to dox them. And there's no there's no logic there. There's no defense there. And they're, of course, having lots and lots of trouble being able to defend this. And liberals and conservatives alike are coming out and saying, absolutely not. This is not OK. I don't care where you lie politically, philosophically, uh, but morally, this is wrong. And we should all share that sentiment and we should all agree that you should not do this. There's a great uh, article put out to my fellow classical liberals, I Stand with Libs of TikTok, written by Holly Math Nerd. It's on Holly's Substack if you guys want to go and check it out. And she talks about how she is a liberal herself and this experience of watching the political left shift more and more and more and more extreme while most people who are conservative and classically liberal are staying in the views and in the value set that they had ever since they adopted that set of values. So you watch as this side gets crazier and crazier and woker and woker and woker. And you're just standing here going, okay, well, I used to view myself as a progressive, but it doesn't look like the word progressive is synonymous with what I believe anymore. So what do I do with that? And this post really goes into asking classical liberals, hey, you got you to gotta make a decision here because you're still identifying with this sort of progressivist idea that is no longer coming to fruition in in the ideological framework and workspace that we have right now in this country. So what's going on and can we have this discussion? And we've seen this happen. People like Dave Rubin used to be politically left, said, you know what? This is getting real treacherous. I'm seeing things that I don't want to see. I'm seeing things I don't agree with. I certainly don't agree with things like doxing and censorship. I'm gonna say that I no longer identify with this group. He's got a great video on PragerU called Why I Left the Left. And he talks about, well, I really didn't leave the left. The left left me. There's <laughs> a lot of left in that sentence. Uh, other people, Bill Maher, you're seeing, always identified as a classic liberal, is now sort of struggling with that sentiment and saying those things because he's seeing the woke hypocrisy and honestly lunacy at this point. Because that's kind of crazy to go and just try and incite violence against another person and then blow your dog whistle and accuse them of doing the the exact same thing. And 
in the article that Taylor Lorenz writes about libs of TikTok, she makes no substantive points about what this creator is doing wrong. Points to no specific post on Twitter of anything wrong. Just sort of espouses that libs of TikTok is putting out, again, anti-LGBTQ content and is somehow inciting or asking for violence against this community and creating a rift that is harming gay, trans, lesbian people. Again, no evidence. No backing of that, no support of that. And as a journalist, that should be concerning that you're making an entire article that bears no support, no evidence for any of the claims that you're making, yet is contributing to a culture of bullying, doxing, and violence. So maybe we need to reevaluate there, but Taylor will not be doing any reevaluating. Uh, She is standing and sticking to her guns and just posting on Twitter about how great it is what she's done and how she's going to weather the storm of people hating on her. And Washington Post is going to back her because apparently she represents the professional nature and culture of the Washington Post. (laughs) Well, And that's an important point that both Taylor and the Washington Post effectively agree with the teachers that want to put transition closets in their uh, in in their classrooms for elementary school students that the libs of talk TikTok account is exposing at no point in the article does she contend with anything uh, any of the criticisms or or points that uh, libs of TikTok accounts raises mm-hmm. um, in reference to the crazy things that that these radical leftist teachers are doing in their classrooms and and all the other things that we're seeing um, they're merely just trying to reframe it um, dox her and then cast a fr- fr- it as though that this is an attack on trans people when in reality all libs of tiktok is doing is amplifying the voices mm-hmm. of these radical leftist teachers though that of, of like you said before they're putting out this content out there voluntarily libs of tiktok is just putting that out there on their platform she's not putting any editorial on it like taylor lorenz is she's not writing this vast article to reframe things and put some message and you know spin some message on it she's literally just saying these are the videos that these people are voluntarily putting out there and they're teaching your kids and uh, somehow she's the one that lacks integrity rather than the ones, the Washington Post and uh, Taylor Lorenz, who are reframing it, doing all this elaborate things to spin it, to make libs of TikTok look bad when they're hiding the fact that they actually agree with these teachers. Right. You literally have to play like a, a pretzel twister game to justify this action, especially when you have videos of this person saying doxing is not okay it, it you know what it says to me it says to me that they think you're stupid they think that you are dumb and the more and more i see it i'm seeing people who are falling for it which uh, maybe they're making a proper assessment of the situation then by thinking that you guys are stupid <laughs> because they they look at you and go i know i said those things i know you have a video of me saying these things i know you have tweets of me saying these things not only do you have one video you have two videos of me saying these things and i know i did it but i can sort of twist the truth and suspend reality and morph this thing into something that it's not and justified for you and i will make it okay that i did these things i will maintain my blue check mark on the platform that is twitter even though i am violating the community guidelines of the app by doxing somebody it is against the rules of twitter to do so and they will leave me on the app so haha jokes on you i can do what i want i can do something that is against the the rules of this platform and i will be here in tihi and you'll still read my articles and you'll still follow me and 
That's exactly what's happening. I'm seeing so many people justifying what she's done. I want to read this take from Matt Walsh because it sort of springboards off of what Taylor just said. Libs of TikTok repost content from TikTok. This is important work because that's the site millions of kids use. The left is mad at her because they don't want us to know what our kids are being exposed to. We're not supposed to see that stuff. Only our kids are. And this is why we've seen a just remarkable progression of censorship of lips of TikTok. We saw videos get taken down here and there. And again, she reposts other people's videos. It's not her content by and large, other than the caption that she writes on top of the videos. So taking down her videos, which are other people's videos. Then we saw her suspended, I believe twice now. And now we're seeing this Washington Post article. So it seems to me that there is sort of an, a, a sort of a, a strategic manner uh, in which they identify people who are a threat to whatever narrative or propaganda they're trying to put out. And then slowly but surely, they come after them. We saw that happen recently with Russell Brand, people calling him an all-right extremist. And then suddenly, I believe over th three different major publications in the UK started to come out and write articles about how he's some sort of alt-right conspiracy theorist in lockstep, and some with very similar wording. So we're seeing this over and over and over. And how many times do you have to see it to where you don't sound crazy anymore saying that this seems strategic and, and coordinated? How many more times does it have to happen? Because it's happening right now and it's being justified uh, on a platform that we already know is a detriment to society in many ways and needs to be put back in shape. And hopefully that's what Elon Musk is doing. And we'll give you an update on that hopefully soon. Taylor was saying tomorrow's 420, which is a big day for Elon <laughs> every year. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to drop some sort of big development in this story. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to make a prediction, but I think something's going to happen because his whole thing is... 420 so right right so hopefully we get some big banger news about elon and twitter to sort of change this platform around because a lot of people are going to say well just get off twitter just get off twitter and as much as that argument can sound sound <laughs> can sound sound uh it's really not because millions of people who are Politically progressive, left, politically apathetic, whatever, impressionable young people are going to be on these platforms. They are the biggest platforms. They represent a big tech oligopoly that should not really be allowed to exist, but does exist. And that's where the culture is. That's where people's minds are formed. And they're not going to go to these to these other platforms. Like the argument is so often made, well, make your own platform, make your own platform. Do you mean like Parler and Getter that got censored off of the Apple App Store in this continuous battle back and forth as to whether or not conservatives who build their own platforms are even allowed to have them, are even allowed to have servers to base those platforms off of, are even allowed to have video players to put on their websites. These are the problems that we're dealing with. It's not as simple as you can just go and create your own platform. It's becoming nearly impossible. Uh, and Again, I, I want to see what Elon does with Twitter. We can also get into the whole Section 230 debate of are you a public forum for people to express their views or are you controlling content like you say you are? And if you are controlling harmful and dangerous content, things like hate speech and violence and horrible videos, why does the Taliban have accounts on your Twitter? Why do these Saudi princes and uh, the CCP have accounts on your Twitter where they're actively controlling people, committing human rights violations and tamping down dissent? So are you honoring this whole Section 230? I'm controlling the content that's on my platform to keep people from danger. And if so, uh, if you're not... There should be a legal battle surrounding that and there should be Senate hearings and the Congress should be meeting to talk about this with the heads of these platforms. But is that happening? Are they being held accountable? No, because they work in lockstep with each other.
it's this beautiful synergistic relationship when they just mwah, mwah, kiss each other while we lowly proletariat <laughs> sit here and we're unable to express our opinions. But no, they're controlling dangerous content and hate speech. And that's why it's protected for you to be censored off of off of Twitter. But, you know, they're they're not a public forum like they like they said that they were or like they claimed that they wanted to be. Let's get that out of the way. That is not what they are. Now, any other Closing thoughts, Taylor. Um, someone asked if we are going to be covering the Johnny Depp trial. I think so. I have some interesting takes on it. So I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to cover this, if I don't have anything interesting to say about it. But I think there is an interesting angle on this that so many people hopped on this situation of Johnny Depp and readily canceled him. We can talk cancel culture and that whole angle of things. But why did that cancel culture happen? What was the underlying push for that. And a lot of it was surrounding these stereotypes that we have of men and women. And again, this radical feminist culture that is so pervasive in our country right now that says that men are toxic and women can do no wrong. And women are better than men. They're well controlled. They don't get violent. They don't do anything wrong. Men are the perpetrators of all wrongdoing, of all oppression, of all patriarchy. It is their fault. So that's why when somebody like Amber Heard comes out and says, well, Johnny beat me. Johnny hit me. Immediately, people believe her. And she's even on video saying, if if I come out and say that you did this to me, nobody's going to believe that I did anything. You want to hear a, a woman and a man side by side talk about domestic abuse and that you think that they're going to believe you? Insane. So I think there's just an, an underbelly of that that has to do with the radical feminist movement and this view that we have of men and women that is distorted and untrue and that's why situations like this happen and hopefully people are waking up because I'm seeing a lot of people who are like justice for Johnny justice for Johnny but are not acknowledging why this is even happening in the first place and why we were so ready to believe somebody who just said that this happened to her uh, with very little to no evidence uh, so yeah maybe we will cover the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial and, and go through some of the things that are being said. I just want to end on this very, very happy note. Uh, this is from Libs of TikTok. Thanks to 49-year-old woman Taylor Lorenz, the official at Libs of TikTok account has already gained over 50,000 new followers today, and it's not even noon. I believe there are over 100,000 followers up today. Yeah, it's more today. Yeah. So your doxing did a whole lot of good for us. Now, a lot of other people are going to go to that Twitter account and go, what were the horrific anti-LGBTQ plus things that she was saying? And then they go and they go, oh, wait, you mean the videos that people were making about indoctrinating children and wanting them to be trans and having transition closets in their bathrooms and saying that if your parents don't agree with you, they're your new parents. That's what people are going to go see. So if anything, uh, a no thanks to Taylor for doxing libs of TikTok, but a big thank you for amplifying a conservative message to folks who need to hear it now more than ever. And I think that's where we end the show for today. Uh, yeah, a delicious self-own is a great place to end. So. <laughs> delicious self-own with some hints of Jesse Smollett. Thank you guys so much for watching. This has been Unapologetic Live. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live. That is 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Leave a comment down below. Are you following Libs of TikTok? Let me know. Will you be following them after listening to this story? Do you want me to cover the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, uh, the defamation case? Let me know that as well down below. And if there's anything that you think we missed or didn't touch on today or a take that is maybe a more progressive take or a liberal take on this, 
drop that down in the comments down below. If we find one that is particularly interesting or thought-provoking, we will discuss it on tomorrow's show. If you'd like to listen to us, go to Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. Listen to us there. Guys, they really want to get us to, I think, 35,000 subscribers. If we can get that by the end of this week, that would be fantastic. So please subscribe if you are not already. If you're listening on PragerU right now and you're not subscribed to Unapologetic, Amala Epinobi on YouTube or following me on Facebook, go ahead and do that as well. Eventually, we will be moving over the show to just those platforms, so make sure you're subscribed and you have that notification bell on to know when that is going to be happening. Thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you tomorrow.